detective. Thrill me. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of the Thrill Me Podcast. We're two people light tonight. Uh, no Gibbo, no Maddie Kay. Possibly because of the film that we're covering, would you, would you suggest, Jared? Unfair. It's more It's that? more in our wheelhouse, let's yeah. put it that way. Tonight we're going to cover a bit of Australian horror. Listen, um, if I suggested this to Maddie, he would have hung up on me. So. <laughs> I actually think Gibbo would have been less like Yeah. He'd have been a little, a little more pissed about it. But we're covering Boar from this year. It's by a guy who we covered in his first film a while back now, Charlie's Farm. So it'll be good to get back into a, a an Australian flick. But before we get into that, let's do a little bit of a run through, Jared, about what we've been watching. What have you got on your uh, list? Right. So Bates Motel season five finally hit. Yep. I've been waiting for that for a while. It hit on Netflix, so I'll finish that. I'll finish the series. All in all, the series was a big surprise for me because I wasn't sure how much I was going to like it, but I ended up really, really liking it all the way through. Season five probably wasn't my favourite, but it still held up a, a good sort of real good quality and the acting from start to finish was great. Like, the leads were all really, really good, which helps the series out a bit. So, yeah, I was I was happy to finally finish that. A little bit of comedy in there. Back to Andy Sandberg and his crew. <laughs> I caught Tour de Pharmacy. Ah, Tour de Pharmacy. <laughs> I've been looking for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it was highly amusing. Yeah. It's the same old, you know, what you expect from a Sandberg picture or something he's involved in. It's very hit and miss. But the hits are, are solid. Like, yeah. John Cena playing a, a Swedish cyclist called, a cyclist called Gustav Ditters who's been cleared of... <laughs> Doping is <laughs> just absolute comedy gold. You know, they start getting into blues on the track and Gustav Ditters, who used to be the mild mannered <laughs> the mild mannered bloke on the on the circuit, starts, you know, gorilla pressing people and you know, yeah, it's very it's got some very funny parts in it. There's um again, top to bottom it's probably not that great, but it's definitely worth a look and you'll get enough laughs out of it to definitely just Have you seen the other one? Seven, I started watching seven days yeah, of I have, hell. I haven't finished it. I started watching it. From what I've seen so far, not quite as funny. But I've just got on to Kit Harrington's character, who's <laughs> it's, it's quite funny. They've yeah. basically, you know, painted him as an absolute bozo who's just been taught a couple of a couple of um, words to make him sound intelligent. So they just keep showing him in interviews. He just keeps repeating indubitably, <laughs> responding to every question. So yeah, again, same deal. A few laughs in that. So. Yeah. I watched Mother. Oh, um, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. And, um, um, Javier Bardem. Yes. It's very <laughs> out there. It's very out there. Is it a good film? Do you need um, a degree in psychology to watch it? Oh, look, you can get certain things from it. Like, I saw parts of what people have read from it, some of the religious things. But there was other parts about, you know, what Jennifer Lawrence's character is supposed to represent that I just didn't get at all. If you're looking for a, for a traditional narrative, you're not going to get it. There's parts of it where you'll just be watching it and just going, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, it's, it's full on, but oh, I don't know. You, it's hard to recommend it. Look, it's but if you're interested in it, you haven't sold me on it, I will say that. Look, when, when, <laughs> when it first came out, I saw the trailer, I immediately just thought, nah, too highbrow for me. Yeah. Too over my head. Like, something like Get Out was really intriguing and, and there was a lot of interesting stuff in that, mm. but it never sailed over my head. But it still had a, it still yeah. had a narrative. Had, it had an interesting narrative. It had, it had something happen, you know, a narrative going through that yeah. you could understand. Yeah. Now, I don't know, movies like Mother... Maybe it's it's more subjective. Maybe yeah. it's a bit more well, art does, house. You know, it does have a story there. Like, I mean, we wouldn't be the only ones that like. There's there's been there's been well respected critics that have looked at it and fucking thought it was bullshit. So, <laughs> like, it's just I don't know. It's one of those things where if, that, if that's what you like, and me personally, my preference has always been for a for a, a, a traditional kind of narrative. I want some characters and some development and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. this isn't necessarily that or it's presented in a very different way that strays a little too far from what I personally like yeah but 
you know, it still had some things about it that I looked at and said, you know, I really love the way that that was shot. I really love the way it looks. It's got some brilliant actors in it. Hmm. So there's there's something there, just not particularly my thing. Not for you? Not really. I watched the Andre the Giant doco. So did I. Yeah? Loved it. Yeah, it's good. Loved it. It was good. Um, I personally, I didn't like it as much as the Ric Flair one, which was funny. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because of I, course think, not. I think Andre probably had the more interesting... Interesting yeah, life. No, but Flair had more Flair. Yeah, yeah is, exactly. Is what that um, had. But and the other thing too is Flair is there to talk about his shortcomings and stuff, whereas Andre is gone. So it's it's hard to piece together bits and pieces of him talking on on. I got plenty of laughs life. out of Flair on the Andre documentary too. Yeah, I must admit it was good. It was really good. I, I love that sort of stuff. But I guess the difference is. There wasn't much new, no, for me because you know I, I'm not a I'm not a mad wrestling fan, but Andre was at the time when I was pretty big into it, and I've read a comic book of his life. I read a yeah. comic book sort of representation of his life, so the info wasn't new to me. Hmm. It was cool to go back and see some of those videos of the real early stuff. Yeah, and that's when of he thing. was a lot more trim and he was yeah a bit yeah, nice. and before the gigantism sort of yeah. know, well that's not what it's called but you know before what he had had really taken hold. Yeah. But the difference was something like Flair, you had that, and then you had him reliving the glory days and just, you know, yeah. loving it, and then you had him breaking down, talking about what a shit father he was and stuff. So that was the kind of thing that Andre probably missed. Yeah, Andre didn't have the the negative. Like, most things in, in throughout his career, he was revered as a wrestler. Yeah, he had some... some he couldn't really go anywhere. Like, you know, he, yeah. he got hassled a lot and there was a bit of sort of, you know, people pointing and laughing at him and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why you would. If you saw him in public, I think, uh, you know, I'd be afraid he might pick me up and snap me <laughs> up. You know, so, but there wasn't a lot of negatives. He was well no. revered no. throughout his career. Anyone who's knocked over 106 beers oh, in a city, Christ. Has, it, like, that's Australian Hall of Fame. But see, that's that's where they. Uh, one of the reviews I said I read hit it on the head. They basically said that stuff was great, but then you had the wrestlers all buying into the whole. Oh, this is legendary stuff. Yeah. And there was the the only one part was Carrie Carrie Elvis, Carrie Elvis yeah. talking about. It's kind of sad that that was what he he did to dull the pain, and yeah. he was such a big man that he had to just put away copious amounts. So I could have that that felt like that's where it might mind some of that. And um, it was overall, yeah, some of it was it. mythology too. Yeah, there was I, almost like this mythological. Yeah, but overall, I, I loved I loved watching it. It's it like Bernie brought back knocking away fifty six beers on the way to Italy. Yeah, that's right. That's that's pure mythology. Unfortunately, if Andre did that sort of work. You couldn't just put him in a wheelchair like you did with Booney or Rod Marshall, whoever it was. As they said, Andre collapsed in the fucking foyer and the hotel just said, Leave him there. What are you doing? <laughs> just leave him there. Yeah. I'll tell you what, mate. Vince McMahon got me. Right in the heart. Mm. Well, that's the first time I've ever seen a bloke cracked up about anything. Yeah. Yeah. It so. really got me. Yep. And I think it's because he said before that that Andre blamed him. Yeah. For the end of his career. Yeah. And and basically it ended their friendship. Yeah, yeah. And their relationship. And McMahon's made of stone, so to see that was <laughs> He is made of stone. Partially made of ham, too, if you watch any <laughs> wrestling videos he's involved in. But yeah, what is that? The wrestling videos of Vince McMahon, the best one to watch is where he tears both his bloody... You know, when he comes charging into the ring, he tears both his hammies or something. So he can't stand up. He's got to sit on the ground and start yelling at people. It's piss funny. <laughs> Check that out. I'll see if I can track that down and put it on Facebook. <laughs> Absolute magic. Just <laughs> magic. No, but McMahon, there's no, there's no denying McMahon is a shrewd businessman. Mm. Like, you know, I mean, basically, even in that Andre documentary, it kind of explained how it went from being sort of yeah, in well, these little the pockets that, yeah. to becoming one, and that's all Vince McMahon. Well, he broke the system, basically. Yeah. He broke that territorial system and said, I'm going to go nationwide. And did and had you know wrestlers calling him all every name under the sun, <laughs> and then turning around and saying, "Oh, can I get you got a contract?" <laughs> <laughs> you know? I tell you what, I had to laugh when Old Hogan gave that story about how 
Andre the Giant farted in the elevator and it sounded like <laughs> people's skin flapping together. <laughs> Uh, whatever you want to say about Hogan, he does have a bit of charisma. Yeah, yeah and, and in front he of delivers camera. when he tells a story. It's a story that you want to hear. Yeah. So yeah, I, look, I really liked that documentary. I thought it was yeah, excellent. it was good, very good. So I watched uh, Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Yeah, how was that? Yeah, it was good. It was a bit of fun. If you watch the show, you get, you know, what you, what expect. you expect. It's just like a long episode. It's not a particularly. It's not the finest work. Some people hate that show anyway, but. My kids loved it. Even my son came out and said, yeah, I liked it, but I didn't like it. I was like, yeah, okay, so you, <laughs> you yeah. were a bit in the middle on it. Yeah. But, yeah, it was it was quite funny. The, be- the best thing I got out of it that they- was that they were just taking the piss out of the DCEU and the Marvel-DC rivalry and yeah. cameos and things like that. Because no. I saw a preview for it before I went and saw something mm. a few weeks back. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Got what I expected. Um, watch Night at the Museum again just because the kids had a movie night it's actually better than I recall you know in terms of uh, movies you can watch with your kids from the recent years it's kind of one that slips under the radar a bit but it's, it's pretty good you yeah know? a bit of fun and uh, my final one which you, you're just going to be all over Kickboxer Retaliation ooh yeah how was Kickboxer Retaliation uh, look I'm not going to lie I've still got to finish the last 20 minutes or so <laughs> um, but <laughs> Code for shit. <laughs> no, 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 look, some of the dialogue and the storylines are just absolutely over the top, ridiculous and stupid. But as soon as a fight breaks out, I'm sitting there going, "This is what I this is what I paid for," and I'm getting it in spades. It's absolutely everywhere, and the mm. fights are good. Like there's one where um, Elaine Moisey sort of goes in. Uh, I'm butchering that name, by the way. He goes into he goes down a prison walkway, and it's essentially his version of like the the hallway fight from Daredevil. Yeah. But it's the old you know martial arts, a lot of kicks, a lot of you know um, one bloke running at you at a time. And then you add in that it seems to be, from what I can tell, I'm not 100% sure, but I think it was filmed in Thailand. And from what I've seen of Thai stunt crews, they are fucking insane. Yeah. They, they will just throw their body at, at off bloody ledges and into walls. And there's these blokes that are fucking throwing themselves down stairwells and shit. And it's just, it's awesome to watch. And in every every opportunity they get, the ways that they get them together, the fights sometimes are stupid. Mm. But every opportunity to match, match, you know, Elaine Moisey with Mike Tyson or do that sort of fight there or match him up with real MMA fighters that they've got into, into the scenes, they get it. And the fucking, the, the fight scenes are really, really good. So, so you I get was what you actually pretty impressed, yeah. Um, the only thing I wasn't impressed with was Christopher Lambert. Jesus. I... The guy can't act. Look, he had some, <laughs> he had some time off. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing, man. <laughs> He wasn't working on his craft, that's for sure. I don't think he had a craft to start with. <laughs> yeah, look, he's not noted as an actor. Strangely enough, he's got a gig in that, <laughs> you know, in that particular industry. But hey, uh, is that everything? That's everything. Okay. Look, I went back to the eighties. Me and my wife had a movie day. All eighties mm. movies. Three of the films she picked more in the comedy vein. I hadn't seen them in. 15 years I reckon mm-hmm. so it was Weird Science yeah Bill Paxton you used to love that movie I haven't watched it in about a decade love it uh, look it's not brilliant but I got a few laughs yeah. Bill Paxton piss funny gets turned into a turd at the end <laughs> I've forgotten about that <laughs> <laughs> and all yeah, you ever hear every time he talks all you hear is Revenge of the Nerds Surprisingly, that's that was the one I enjoyed the most. Yeah, yeah. And no the other one was Weekend at Bernie's. It's the least enjoyable of those three. Funny um, that. <laughs> it gets a couple of gags in. I must admit, there's a couple of times where I piss myself. Yeah. But it's a one joke movie. Yeah. And it takes so long for Bernie to actually die that it's hard. It's probably almost an hour in before he's actually. Do I remember correctly? Was it in, was the in that or the sequel? Was there was there a sequence of where the body was fucking farting or something? Yeah, no, that's in the sequel. <laughs> there, there was some voodoo involved. Yeah, that'll like, get uh, me. That'll yeah, get, that'll me, get you in sure. the, in the yeah. door. But I also threw in Predator and My Bloody Valentine. Right. 
personal faves. Mm-hmm. Love them. Can watch them anytime. My wife fell asleep during Predator. Only one of the greatest action movies of all time. Yeah. But, hey, it's uh, no weird science. So. No weird science. Yeah. Okay. Now I decided to plumb the um, the sub <laughs> the sub colon area of Amazon Prime <laughs> after you Blue went. Diamond, you went Blue Diamond Streaming Service. <laughs> Fuck that noise. <laughs> I think I was on Lou Diver's through service here because I decided to go for Nightmare Beach. <laughs> What's that, you ask? Well, let me explain. Well, I'm sure it was next to Rotary in the selection. Nightmare Beach is kind of like a Italian slasher flick, but it's, it's set in spring break in Miami. Yeah. And it involves... A lot of people being electrocuted by a dude on a motorbike. <laughs> and strangely enough, it's got Johnny Saxon and Michael Parks. <laughs> okay. So I, I, as soon as I saw them, I kind of thought, hang on, am I, <laughs> I was expecting, you know, something else. The movie sucks balls. Right. Like, yeah, okay. So it sounds like a more sort of, uh, uh, well, a less prestigious version of Pieces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could, you could put it that way. Yes, that's pretty good. Um, that's a pretty good comparison. Uh, I prefer pieces. Yeah. <laughs> enough. But yeah, Nightmare Beach, pure shit. Um, <laughs> I watched a documentary series called The Killing Season, which was all about uh, a series of corpses that were found on Gilgo Beach in right. um, Long Island. I thought we might get a, a rundown of your, uh, <laughs> your weekly viewing the didn't involve a bloody murder series or something <laughs> once, but there it is. No, there it is. It's tucked away just under Nightmare <laughs> Um Look, it's not bad. It's not bad. The scariest part about it was they mentioned that the uh, in the United States of America, there are 17,000 law enforcement agencies. And mm. I'm like, uh, <laughs> how does anybody know anything? Yeah. And, you know, no wonder people just... These serial killers murder someone and then drop them over the state line. Yeah. So that was kind of creepy. But um, other Something. than that, it was pretty... Yeah. Oh, well. uh, obviously, Andre the Giant. What's Truth or Dare? Bloomhouse mm. flick. That I believe we had bashed mercilessly yeah, a few was months not back. Good. The idea is okay. But it's just... It just doesn't doesn't do anything with it. It continually changes the goalposts, so the rules change every at the whim of whatever scare you're trying to generate. Yeah. Oh, we better change the rule. This suddenly you've got to do this. The acting's poor. Did you pay for this? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> I was hanging out. I was waiting. It was PSA. Oh, right. And you know what? <clears throat> Fucking standard def six bucks. <laughs> I was hoping, you know, high def six. Standard, standard def six. four. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, usually you can save a couple of dollars on standard def. Uh, oh, I got fucking slugged the whole... I got a whole box of dice on that. <laughs> yeah, you know what will happen. It'll be my old thing where, you know... It'll turn up on Netflix movie, next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait a couple of days and there it is. Stand Netflix, take a pick. <laughs> okay, I also watched the first episode of The Purge. TV yep. series not bad but I mean I think I mentioned this to you a couple of days ago I just don't it's it's played out for me mm. it was a really good idea and the first the, the three movies I feel covered it yep I don't know what what more we're getting we're getting out of this it yeah. just seemed like the same thing well it seems to be the one in the in the Blumhouse realm of making really good dollar on small budgets and an interesting idea but it's the one that's just running with not much mm. like the interesting idea is still there but it's never been brought out to a really good movie the closest they got was the second one I think and yeah. that was because they kind of just they went more action packed yeah it was more action I, I reckon it might be time to just put it away until somebody comes up with a, a script yeah it's the interesting idea instead of just forcing it out there you know? but secondly well the first one had all the the subtext mm. But it wasn't as interesting a film. But yeah, I just don't know. I just don't think it's going anywhere. No. Personally, that's that's me. Great idea. It seems like like what you were saying in the current political climate in the states, it's probably got some legs. Mm. An idea like that, Mm. you know. So anyway. And the last thing was, I watched the first episode of Jack Ryan. 
Mm-hmm. Mate, that was excellent. Yeah? Yeah. Krakinski? Yeah, really, Krakinski got me. His, his uh, boss is, is, I really like, um, guy by the name of Wendell, Wendell Pierce. Mm-hmm. Actor, yeah, he's he's awesome. Yeah, and there's a real he's sort of, from um, the Wire, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and they strike off each other really well to start with. Um, the first episode was was really good, set things up nicely. Yeah, um, and we'll see where it goes. But so far, it was it was good. And that's me, Golden. All right, let's take a break. And here's the trailer for 2018's Bore. officially set in. I suggest the next town we come to, we pull over and get some grub. Good idea. Sounds great. From 2018, written and directed by Chris Sun, who did Charlie's Farm, and produced by Christine Hulsby. It stars John Jarrett as Ken, Bill Mosley as Bruce, Nathan Jones as Bernie, Simone Buchanan as Debbie, Melissa Couts as Sasha, Hugh Sheridan as Robert, and Ernie Dingo as Ernie. The budget was $3.4 million estimated. It didn't have box office numbers because it was either released to DVD or streaming. I don't... No, if it went to the cinemas at all. I didn't see it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and Steve Bisley and Roger Ward, who were both in this film, starred in the original Mad, original Mad Max, and Nathan Jones, of course, was in Mad Max Fury Road. There you go. Bit of trivia. Mm. I'm going to go first here. I kind of enjoyed this. Again, I, I felt it was kind of like an homage to the Ozploitation stuff of the 1980s. Yeah. Very reminiscent of Razorback. Possibly not as stylishly lensed as Russell Mulcahy, but it it did it, it did it everything pretty well for was, my life. It wasn't as much strobe lighting. There was and a <laughs> mist, <laughs> and, <laughs> mist and, you know, fog and stuff in the air. But he throws basically everything into it. Mm. The kitchen sink just gets chucked in. It's gory. It's kind of got a bit of humour. It's a reasonably fun mix. It's let down by dialogue's pretty shit ass, and there's so many unnecessary characters. Yeah, I remember just sitting there thinking, "My God, who who are all these people? Yeah, why do we need like fifteen characters? Yeah, I mean, in fact, some of them just turn up to either get killed, or they kind of disappear. Well, you expect that to an extent, but yeah, I've had a, I had a little bit of a problem with that with that as well. Out of five, I give it a three. Yep, I got plenty of time for Chris Sun. I really, 
You can see that he's, he's, he's moving forward. He's getting better. You know, I'd, I'd really like to see what he does next. Um, and I think he's got a big future. Yeah, well, I, I landed at a three as well. Um, I'm the same. Like, if I see that he's doing a picture, I'm interested. Mm. You know, because I think he's got the same sort of sensibilities that, that we're after. Um, I, I think you're spot on. I think he was going for some of that exploitation, a bit of that Razorback. To me, the people he gets involved are spot on for what mm. he wants to be doing. Mm. But, yeah, it's just let down a little bit by the writing. The biggest issue for me is, like, wh- wh- whose story is it? Again, like, I understand the bore is, like, the, the cell. That's what, you, that's what you're coming to see. But you still need the stories. You still need something there to get invested in. So, look, I'm a, again, I'm... I'm a big supporter of what the guy's doing yeah. because there's there's not a lot of people doing what he's doing and getting a decent budget like that to to put something on screen and what he gets out of it is pretty bloody good yeah 3.4 mil if um, that's what they got yeah he squeezes what he Squeeze can every dollar like you said a bit of last I think he's definitely on the right track just the writing needs to be tightened up a little bit and like I could see him really knocking one of these slashes or monster monster flicks out of the park. Yep. So. And it'd be very nice to see one homegrown. Yep. First things first for me in the likes category, the film looks great. Mm. It, it, there's you can see the money on yeah. screen. It's distributed by Universal. Yep. So, which was the same with Charlie's Farm, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. So I don't know if no, I, I thought Charlie's Farm was a little bit. More independent. I don't know if it ever got. I think it did get distributed by somebody. Yeah, okay. Like, I'm pretty sure. But it ended Universal's up pretty big, and yeah. they've obviously picked it up. Yep. So, but it looks great. Like, even if you're comparing apples to apples with Charlie's Farm, it looks better than Charlie's Farm. Yeah, I think it did too. So like, the first thing I noted was that opening scene. It's got this really nice blend. As you said, it looks great. It's got this really nice blend of that. Aussie kind of rural town look yeah. with a with your classic monster movie. You know the shots of the the, the moon with the, the clouds sweeping yeah. across it. They they blend in together really well. I really liked it. I I think that you can you can tell that you know once again there's a step forward for him. Yeah. And and he's showing that you know he's capable of doing more. Yeah, totally. Um, with more money. Yep. Look, a, a, a decent cast of known Australian actors. Well. For mine, the mix of actors is spot on. Everywhere I looked, I saw someone I knew. Yeah, exactly. Um, But the thing is, it's got like, um, it's the perfect little little mix of like, he's got the genre names. He's he's got Bill Mosley on board for a couple of these now. John Jarrett's another genre name. Nathan Jones got a little bit of that cred too now. Then he gets the little exploitation nods with Roger Ward and Steve Bisley, like you mentioned. But Bisley, again, is a solid Australian actor that, that, you know, has, has done plenty of work. More Aussie mainstays like Sheridan and Ernie Dingo. But then he sneaks in those names that you know but you haven't seen in a while, like yeah. Simone Buchanan or Melissa Tukowski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the whole time you, you're looking at people that you know and you're kind of getting a little bit of a... Yeah. It's a fun mix, you know. And I also think he did a good job, certainly with regards to Hugh Sheridan, as playing a little bit against type. Yeah, you know, definitely. He'd, he'd always been the, the clean cut yeah. sort of character. He was a fucking bozo in this, mm. but he was piss funny. I got a couple of real big laughs out of him. Yeah, yeah. There's a heap of gore. Can I Can I just, uh, as its own like, the biggest laugh I got out of him? Bisley? No, no, no. Bisley was quite... Bisley's only line or whatever he, he does there when he drives past just had me in stitches. Yeah, yeah. A little bit unsavoury at the end there, but it was quite amusing when he's, and they start saying, oh, Jesus, he's got bloody dementia or something yeah. as he's fucking hooning off down the road. Um, the best the best line of the thing for me was when Hugh Sheridan, Sheridan's arguing with the brother and then they stop and then you just kind of hear him quietly go, hey, uh, you can't be a virgin because your face is fucked. <laughs> I was just like, like where'd that camera <laughs> Yeah, quite um, amusing. I I think that there uh, he he got quite a few laughs for me. Yeah. He's that pure asshole, but I kind of got. He's like Trent at yeah. Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, look, he was bordering. Like some of it was just a little bit too, you know, down the line. Like he, running with some things that you've seen, and you're just like, oh, that's not all that funny. But then he mix it in with a line or two where that did have you sort of cracking yeah. up. And, yeah, it's just the opening sequence when you see him. And you just immediately start talking about. Remember that thing you used to do to me? Or not? 
and then he starts giving me all these noises and stuff. Yeah. I also liked um, Bill Mosley trying to drop the Aussie lines. Yeah. He's driving in there and he's like, wow, uh, I could eat the uh, crotch off a little thing <laughs> duck. And they start looking at him going, it does his huge share and he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? It just doesn't, you just can't nail the kind of, <laughs> can't nail it as, uh, as we would expect. Um, there's plenty of gore. There is, yeah. They really throw the gore in there, which is mm. great. You know, you needed a hard, hardcore type of film. You couldn't sort of cut back. Yeah. Um, and they deliver in spades. Yep. I actually think the bore effects, both practical and CG, are actually pretty passable. Yeah, there's only a handful of times where the CGI looks a bit ropey. Yeah. But they're at the parts where it's like, I don't know how, how else you were going to do it. The practicals yeah. were going to be really expensive. So for 90% of it, the way that he shot around it is yeah. really bloody good. You but can even, tell the, you even can tell when it was in daylight, it looked yeah, right. Yeah, you could tell when they had the boar's head. Like, you could tell a lot of the practical was the boar head. It was body like a puppet. That couldn't move much. Yeah. So he'd shoot, like, close up of that or on the side. You'd just see the side of it and the fangs going or whatever. But then you'd get that POV shot to give it the movement that it obvi- the, the prosthetics yeah. obviously didn't have. Yeah. And the CGI was sparing enough that I, I gave it a pass for the most part. But, yeah, I was pretty impressed with what they did with the effects. It was well shot around it. Yeah. The opening boar attack is really solid because they kind of tease you with how big it is. Yeah. And they show you the, its mouth very briefly and then it just drags him away. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I like that. You just got to slowly drip feed the meeting of when we first actually see it in full mm. um, which is a little bit later on yep I don't know why but John Jarrett and Roger Ward bickering like, yeah I know like a married were, couple they were piss funny no, like, it's just fucking two hours to walk over there <laughs> oh you, you know I better bring the sandwiches I'll bring some piss oh you gotta bring the whole bloody kid <laughs> yeah they were good and then it extends into when they find the bodies their argument as to for why they should split up is kind of you half bite because yeah. Roger Ward's there going, oh, no, we've got to stay together. And Jared's there going, we stay together. We're both fucked. You know, like, you know <laughs> they start kind of giving you something and you're sort of like, oh, yeah, he's, he's got a point. You yeah. know, they've both got the differing point of views. You actually kind of buy that. But I got a, I got quite a few laughs out of those two. Yeah, that was, that was quite good. Um, that whole sequence where they are out on the, just out, in the wilderness, you know, at a campfire with a gut full of piss, and then they kind of like, you know, oh, we better go and check this out. Yeah. There's, a, there's smatterings of what you were talking about, the, the, the average dialogue of just sort of squeezing in a bit of bit of clumsy exposition work about John Jarrett's wife and how that comes out. But for the most part, I really enjoyed those two yeah. on screen again. Plays off against each other nicely. Death by boar's tusk through the back of the head? Was it through the back of the head or was it through the back of the throat? The girl. The girl. It was through her throat. Like I think it must have been through her throat because yeah. she's still alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was pretty nasty stuff. And it was, it was um, one of the better kind of sequences. Like uh, you mentioned that there was a little bit of a problem about the boar. You know, suddenly being able to sort of sneak up on people, and you know, the only time in the, the only time in the movie that you didn't hear the <laughs> and the growling and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, the fact that you know when he turns off the torch and yeah brings it back on. Nathan Jones busting out vanilla rice in the truck. Yeah. Awesome, good, good I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. It was yeah. great. It just sort of broke up the because by that stage you'd already sort of. The boar had already come into play and you'd seen plenty of carnage. Yeah. But then that kind of comes in and it kind of feels like really comedic, but it's kind of, you know, it's, it's really funny to watch because huge-looking dude bust out some, some vanilla rice moves. I just sort of kind yeah. of felt... It was almost like, let's let's just take it back a notch for a second and have a bit of a laugh. Yeah, and try to sort of, you know, try to lull you into, yeah, into and something bang, for, for get, another scare, but... You know, I, I bought in. I was laughing. Um, uh, well, actually, you mentioned Hugh Sheridan playing against Type. Yeah. I actually thought John Jarrett did that, that, yes. that moment when he finds the girl. Yeah. He's really good. Like, he, him playing against, you know, we're so used to him as Mick Taylor now. Seeing him do something like that again, it's like... Yeah. He did it really He actually well. turned out to... Like, his character was a nice, gentle sort of cat. He wasn't a... 
there were little there were little moments where he sort of speaks and you sort of go, is he going to suddenly turn nasty any second? You know, yeah, like he's, he's got his of, hair trigger. Yeah. But I thought he was pretty good. Well, in, when the shit hits the fan, he's like, you know, the, the, the colours sort of show and he's, he gives you something that you just completely weren't expecting. Yeah. Um, so casting again, like you cast a, cast an actor like that, and it's a real kind of, it's it's got impact. Yeah. Bill Mosley having his head ripped off, <laughs> unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you know what? I do love that bit where they go, "What's that?" And look over, there's a fucking three-ton boar standing yeah. there. And then Mosley's there going, "Oh, look at it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, start moving yeah, <laughs> quickly. Yep. But yeah, that kind of happens really fast and it kind of charges up on you and next thing you know, his bloody head's been removed. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. liked it. I like the old bloke telling the story about how he saw the ball. Growing up in Australia, you spend some time around a pub like that at some stage and he's just absolutely nailed the vibe of a bloke telling a story like that. Like, I'll, I'll watch that scene. Shout out to the Charney Tavern. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> Gerling Tavern, the, uh, yeah, the old uh, uh, Mackey's Hotel in my dad's hometown. Like, I, I actually, you know, I, I watched that scene and I was just sitting there thinking, this is fucking Mackey's Hotel. <laughs> Dad goes back. I, I, I've seen blokes tell something like that. Like, not obviously not like that, but I've seen blokes sit there in the Mackey's Hotel and swear black and blue that they saw the Tassie Tiger, and they'll sit there and tell the story just like that. And then someone from over the bar will be there going, oh, yeah, how many did you have? And, you know, <laughs> just like happens in that scene. But then the funniest part for me was how he rolls with it. Like, he's heard all this shit before, so instead of getting fired up and, oh, you, you, you know, I saw it all this, he's sitting there and they're taking shots. And he's just laughing it off and rolling with it. And they start talking about the nudie run or whatever, and he's up on the bar, like, you know, <laughs> pretending to show his gear. And then the best part of it for me was, for some reason, you know, Ernie Dingo gets behind the bar and they go, oh, it's Ernie Shout. And Dingo goes, yeah, Blackfellas drink for free. All you white guys, double price. And that hit the old bloke that's telling the story just goes, oh, I'm nipping outside for a quick suntan. <laughs> <laughs> just, I think that whole scene just really hit it the worked for you. hit the mark. Yeah, big time. It was. It it did very much felt like what you should expect. Yeah, and it was one of those bits where it's kind of like I don't know how that scene. If I went back and watched it, I don't know how that scene works overall. But it's just for someone in Australia, it just hits hits the mark as like yeah, this is this is kind of what it classic is, you know? sort of Aussie Aussie small town yeah pub yeah. And that's the luxury you get with a, a director who's an Australian. Yeah. You know, he knows. He, he would have been in these places. Not when you get a, a, you know, an overseas director trying to direct a film set in Australia. Mm. You usually then get cliches and you get... Yeah, definitely. You, know, you get Mission Impossible too. That's <laughs> correct, you do. Nathan Jones taking the ball on fisticuff style oh, I loved it loved it absolutely loved, loved it. it I was watching it and I'm thinking you know, it's like I a circus actually felt that kind of should have been the end yeah in a way I did too one on one yeah punch it out um, I thought yeah it was just like a, it's funny because obviously Jones was a wrestler and that's what it felt like you got oh, the, the monster versus the monster like yeah. it just kind of felt like that's where it was heading eventually and it was something different because no one else stood a chance but here's Jones whipping the knife out, and then you know he gets taken down, but he starts throwing punches at it, and yeah, that was really. It but was also, quite, it was thrilling. Like it was in a way, he kind of should have been the hero. Yeah, well, I don't know because it was just. It, I mean, we'll get to that. We'll in get the to that. Box, but yeah, to me, he he kind of felt that way when well, we got down to because the, because he was the he was the the cat that ticked the boxes for the heroic kind of actions there but yeah. he had no story yeah, I mean, this, this is the problem yeah. well the problem was most of them didn't mm. unfortunately running into the boar head on with a truck yeah pretty spectacular cool. it was pretty cool um, although I would assume that when you like you hit a 100 kilogram kangaroo your car's in the shit 
I think if you're hitting a 500 kilogram boar at speed, yeah. even with a bumper bar, and the yeah, whole be car's pretty, being wrecked. But, pretty screwed. But it was kind of cool how it sort of came out of nowhere. Yeah. I, mean, I was expecting that they were going to set it on fire or something. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was watching when they, they were lighting that up, and I was like, this looks a bit like Predator or something. And that's kind of what I was expecting. But then, yeah, so that, that coming out. That kind of came out of the field blue, and I, yeah. I liked it. I thought it was a good way to sort of end it up. Yeah, definitely. Um, have you got any other likes? Uh, no, that was pretty much it for me. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Dislikes. The dialogue just, it feels stilted. It, it At times it just feels like they're trying to fill the silence or the dead air. Yeah. We there's, have to talk. There's a lot of there's a lot of the funny lines. There's a lot of trying to come come out with those really kind of Aussie. But some funny of that's lines. okay. I, I, some of it works, but then it gets mixed in with. It suffers a little bit from trying to do that too much, and then when you get the exposition and all that sort of stuff, it's a little bit it's a little bit clumsy, and um, you don't really get the character development out of that. No. That you look. And for. to me, the. Yeah, the, the the least the least sort of acceptable parts of that dialogue were the tr- attempts at exposition. Well, you get getting married, all that stuff. Yeah, just, as I as I watched that, I just kind of felt. Well, you get the scenes like you get the scenes like um, one of the prime examples for me was when John Jarrett and, and Melissa DeCouts are there. Obviously, the you know father and daughter. And they're talking about the family when they come into town. Yeah, and it starts off like a, a really kind of. Um, the thing for me is it's it seems like a good way to get it out. Like it's them standing in the pub. As she points out, I'm the pub owner. There's nothing in town I don't know about. Like, so you get this idea that that's 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 pretty solid. Mm. He he's gonna uh, get a bit of explanation out as as to who these people are. But the way that it comes out is as you said, it's so stilted. It's like oh that's so and so. That's what's his name's sister. So that must be her kids. What are their mm. names again? And then she says the names. And the way the information comes out just sounds really unnatural. Mm. When he's put it in a situation that you think could be really natural, the way that it comes out could come out really natural, but then it gets stilted. The same thing happens with him and Roger Ward around the fire. That's the perfect opportunity. A few beers in, yeah. and he talks about his wife. Oh, she's so much. He talks about Melissa's accounts. Oh, she's so much like a mother. Mm. That's where it probably would come out, but then when it does come out, it just sounds unnatural. So yeah. it's kind of, yeah. You couldn't get invest- invested in characters because I don't think the dialogue stepped up and gave you anything for them. Yeah. And on top of that, you, nobody really had an arc. No. Like, we, what were the arcs? Well, we had, we seemed like we were going with the family. And at the start, I would have said to you, this is Hugh Sheridan. He's the protagonist. No. I don't know, I don't know why. It just felt <laughs> that way in the car. No, so, so the moment he opened up with, remember that stuff he used to do to me on the way to Sydney? You felt this is the perfect <laughs> hero for us. No, but I thought, I thought this is the guy. I thought, well, he's like the... Starts off as a raving asshole. Yeah, but he starts like a bit of, bit of a bit of a goose... He's obviously, once he gets to Nathan Jones's place, he's obviously, oh, you're the city boy. Whereas Bill Mosley's like that, yeah, I've met this bloke a few times. I'll put you under my wing. So, yeah. so it felt like it was his his story. Yeah. A little bit of Simone Buchanan as well. Felt yeah. like maybe it could have been a little bit of her story. Felt like there was going to be subplots there. But then we go off with John Jarrett for half an hour and we don't see the other guys. So that half hour, as much as I enjoyed it, it's had no real connection to the story. To yeah, as you said, there's not really an arc. It's these two guys just encountering the boar. Then when we get back to the family, it gets all confused again because you see, you know, we get to Bill Mosley and Hugh Sheridan talking about marriage. Then Sheridan pulls the move of pushing Push Mosley over and tying it off, which admittedly was it's funny. Funny, yeah. yeah. Mosley gets his head ripped off. Then Sheridan gets dispatched five minutes yeah, later. Yeah, well, that's the thing. On. Immediately, as soon as he pushes Mosley over, you're like, okay, so it's not his story. He's he's done. He's it's finished. definitely not Mosley's because he's definitely not Mosley's because he's dead. Then Sheridan gets mowed down, and you're like, where are we going here? Like, so we go back to Simone Buchanan, who hasn't really had anything. Meanwhile, going. Nathan Jones is hovering somewhere in the background. Be after he 
he got taken out. So yeah. where does he fit? And he kind of takes, as you said, he kind of takes front position for a while, as he's the guy equipped to do this. Then when he gets in a bit of strife, I thought, okay, well I don't mind. That, you know, it's the girls. He's going to go with, you know, the 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 ones that you traditionally look at as. As I said, Nathan Jones, huge man. He's got all the skills. But the girls are going to be the ones that tough it out. Which I thought, okay, well, I can run with this. But by the time you get there, it's... It does. It's not earned because we don't know whose whose story it really is. And look, is. the girls end up killing the ball, understood. But it just felt like, how did we get here? In the end, too, there wasn't really much of a chase. You no. know, like, like the ball just dispatched people at will. Yeah, and then showed up to dispatch them. And jo- Jones and the ball, that was good because that felt like. We're taking each other on. Yeah. Like it's, it's, you know, I'm not going to just lay down and die for you. I'm going to take you on. And that was cool. Yeah. But I felt that the ending should have been a bit of cat and mouse to chase through the, 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 through the bush, trying to outsmart it, mm. fire, you know, bring the fire in that way, tr- trying to trap it, something like that. Yeah. I, that, I know it sounds like Predator, but basically... We could have got just something more than just encountering it. Like, yeah, I get what you're saying. It just kind of reappeared, and it was on their ass again. Yeah. And then, really, the only reason it gets killed is because Melissa Couch just appears in the truck and just runs over it. Yeah. Which was cool, but again, there's just nothing earned. I didn't didn't feel like you earned anything by the end of it. Yeah. I said to you before, and you mentioned it. But the boar is just... It's a huge beast, a huge animal, but it seems to just come out of nowhere. Nobody hears it. Yeah. And I know you've got to suspend disbelief, but early on it set the scene that you could hear it. Yeah. That was part of its... The tension they were trying to build was this sound, going, and you're wondering where it is, and it's dark. But then yeah, in daylight, well, it it's tiptoeing out of nowhere. Yeah, well, it still worked because, as you said, it was night time. Some of these people weren't equipped. They weren't spotting or anything yeah. like that. So you got caught unawares. Yeah. But, but yeah, there's a couple of times... In the daytime, it was going into stealth mode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Shit. maybe it was a predator. Maybe it had cloaking, <laughs> cloaking technology, dude. <laughs> but I just, yeah, I found that a little bit hard to swallow. Too many characters. Yeah. So coming back, we'll I see. Guess wrapping back around. I think I think these these would have worked if you had a couple more people in, say, the Ernie Dingo capacity, where it's essentially a cameo. He's got a couple of lines. Yeah. If you scale some of those guys back, even John Jarrett and Roger Ward, as much as I like them, if you have them around for a bit of that comedy relief, but on the peripheral of someone else's story, they still work for me. I'm happy to have them there. Like. They would be fine in the movie, but we got caught up with them and nobody else for half an hour. See, to me, you had to pick your poison, right? Well, you do, but see, what I'm saying is you can still have those guys because what yeah. happened is you've got... You scale them back. Yeah. You, you bring you, them back. They are in short bursts early on yep. to show you the pub and the life and, the, and you know, soothsayer. You know, yeah. They can give you the shit that they saw. But then you're into family mode from then. Yeah, and if you see those guys, you're cutting back to them. You, you're going family and then them family. The thing for me is you had a couple of... You had a handful of fodder. You had like six or so characters that are just there to get dispatched very quickly. But then you had John Jarrett and Roger Ward who essentially turned into fodder, but we had them on screen for half an hour yeah. and nobody else. Yeah. So it sort of took away from... The people that you should have should have been with. To me, in a way, as I said, you pick your poison. You yeah. either have the family as the key, with those other guys scaled right back. Well, that's where you got to be. Another way of doing it, if you were, if you wanted to be lean and mean and try and sort of make it a little more, because you needed, you need the family, you need the fodder. It was exploitation. This is ex- exploitation. Well, this is the know. thing. Jarrett and Ward's characters would have worked fine. Um, How did they? Have had they had you not talked much about them, his wife and things like that, had you not, you, you could have pulled back on them finding the other campers. You might not have even needed the campers getting killed themselves. You might have just had Jarrett and Ward discovering the camp as they yeah. did, and then 
bringing it around that way that they get split up and rounded up like I mean again because they're essentially they're fodder so you get rid of the fodder and just yeah. use Ward and Jarrett and all your show is Aftermath yeah there's people who are obviously out here to me it could have been done that way with Jarrett and Ward and almost like a lean sort of survival style film right if you drop those characters if you drop the family characters but you needed all that because that's your that's your B grade schlock that they were going for you yeah. know you needed a ton of fodder you needed the family dynamic you needed all that but they didn't pick it well so for 45 minutes you've got one whole story that is essentially John Jarrett's life on screen you get 45 it, minutes yeah. you, you see the family at the start but then they disappear for a lengthy period then they reappear and then the movie's about the family mm. and so it's kind of like you didn't really it's almost like two shorts stuck together mm. and I, they didn't really meld them together well mind you you, st- you also had the pub patrons yeah. who kept cutting back to so that was like another storyline or another crew but see they were alright like I didn't mind they were in small doses and I felt like maybe you could have had the family having dinner at the pub that yeah. night to introduce that, that connection stuff, yeah. with Melissa's accounts and her just sort of offhandedly mentioning oh yeah dad's out with whatever and so you didn't need all the intro to Jarrett his intro could have come sitting by the fire with Roger Ward out on the plane somewhat knowing that I mean, Melissa's accounts still... already told us who he was yeah well these are just ideas that you know I just felt they just needed to tie that stuff together a little bit more yeah and and like you said scale back Jarrett's stuff maybe it didn't make it bad it just made it a little bit clumsy the way it was kind of cut together it's not like watching one of the real sort of uh, like if you're looking at Final Girls in horror a lot of them have an arc or something that you can get into and say this is the this is our girl she's the yeah. one who's who we've been following the whole way this one that just didn't have I didn't know who who was going to be there and who wasn't and no one was traumatized by anything no one was coming back from a you know an experience no one had seen the ball when they were a kid or something like that you know like you needed something something to just hang tied us, all hang together it. I think yeah and be, it's because they didn't pick a they didn't really pick a a protagonist. They kind of just jumped around, mm. which was fine. Fine enough in the sense that the ball was you was what you were there for. You were there to see the ball go nuts and smash and kill everything. Yeah, great. But a really good, even a B movie schlock, a good one has characters you give a shit about. Yeah, and you didn't really give a shit about these. Well, it was halfway there because I enjoyed them on screen. Yeah. Like you said, they got the comedy, they got, you know... There were little bursts of great stuff. Yeah, but it was just, there was no... There was nothing to really... There was nothing to really ride the waves of, I guess. My last dislike was, I just felt... This is just kind of a little bit of a cheat that you bring back two characters that weren't... We just assumed they were dead. Yeah. And there was no need to bring them back. Mm. Like, it didn't really add anything. It was unnecessary. It was a one-second sequence that we saw that they were back. Yep. And then we went to the end. So it was kind of like a bit of a cheat. Like, Mm. to me, knowing that the boar kills Jones is, you know, it shows how dangerous it was. Yeah. Because, you know, it just took out your biggest and baddest that you've got. Yeah. Well, the the sun, too, like, that was kind of... They were trying to go for an emotional moment. Everything was... Everything was... It just felt unearned, like we said. It just... He's her losing his son should have been kind of heartbreaking, and it felt like it was going for that, but it didn't quite hit. And then when he comes back, you're supposed to be, yes, you're supposed to get this burst of emotion, but it just wasn't there. But again, you didn't know him, yeah, so you yeah. couldn't really get emotional or invested. The only things I knew about him were that he had that quick chat with Nathan Jones. Oh, can we bring the guns? Yeah, which was actually one of my. I really liked that when they were talking about. Oh, can we bring the guns out? And yeah. and she goes, you know how I feel about guns, and that's a kind of that's a really simple, really good explanation as to why you aren't loaded to the teeth. Yeah, when you're going out out there, you know. But beyond that, I didn't know that, that kid. Yeah. He had nothing to nothing to really give you. And there was a really there was something there. His connection with his uncle, his connection with Nathan Jones was really something. I yeah. thought, oh, this is, this, this is going to go places, but it, it didn't really. Yeah. 
Any other dislikes for you? No, I don't want to be. I don't want to be. No, I don't want to kick the shit out of it because to me, this movie's about entertainment. You're yeah. talking about boom, boom, movie schlock. Now you think back, and you know, saying that I compared it to Razorback. That's exactly what Razorback was. Like yeah. if you watch Razorback again, it's probably similar. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. There wasn't a lot of great fleshed out characters. In fact. It's one of the biggest drongos ever put on celluloid in Australia mm. in Razorback. Yeah. But this 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 had a likability and a fun yeah. um to it that I think at the end of the day, probably, you know, in defence of Chris Sun, I think he was probably looking at, look, this is schlock. This is what I gotta serve up. Yeah. I've got to serve up a certain amount of sloppy Joes. I haven't got time for Beautiful, beautiful burgers. I've yeah, just got yeah, to make this. this. Yeah, you don't really have time to. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't have time to fucking cook the prime rib. So yeah, I I hear what you're saying for sure, but the thing for me is, I just feel like the rest of the stuff is there. He's got a really good eye for for those. Like you said, the movie looks really good. Yeah, and he's shot around the prosthetic effects really well. I think he's got a good eye for this shit and I feel like if there's just a tight little story in there he's gonna knock one out of the park like yep. if there's a tight little story with some really polished dialogue it's gonna be an absolute gem yeah yeah agreed I think he's got he's got a lot of promise he's very very capable um, that's now two movies now that that I both thought were pretty good mm. um, on very limited budgets he's getting obviously Universal have come in and swooped this one up, you know, so yep. there, there might be a connection with them. He, he might get a bigger budget and he might get the opportunity to really push forward with something good. Yeah. And I love the fact that he he's using Australian talent and it's an Australian horror film yep. that looks very good. Like, that could have gone in cinemas. Yeah, totally. You know, it's not a director... Even though it's directed DVD, it didn't look it. No. So I appreciate what he's doing, and I really hope that he keeps he gets the opportunity to make a few more of them. Yeah, totally. So that's Boar from 2018. Now we're on a bit of a slew of more recent films, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Um, we have got The Meg coming up. Uh, we've talked about that a bit. A little bit, yeah. But it's also from 2018. Plus, plus, we will be doing The Predator. Pretty much as quick as we possibly can. When well, we can work around your hectic schedule. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sitting, sitting in the, the theatre taking in, you know. Taking in an abstract, abstract art, art project. <laughs> we will definitely do The Predator as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, we're basically all trying to get and see it on Thursday or Friday and then we'll knock one out on it. Um, reviews so far, solid Nobody's bashing the shit out of it. Yeah. But there are problems, obviously. It's not not the be-all, end-all of Predator films by the sound of the reviews. No. But they're still but pretty good. Enjoyable. I think it'll, it'll definitely bit of, stick bit in of action, our alley. Bit of, bit of action, bit of, bit of humour by um, the sounds. The reviews coming out about Halloween, though, have been stellar. Yeah, Absolutely well. stellar. I've actually only seen, funnily enough, I've only seen one that didn't love it, and it was from one of the girls from Faculty of Horror. Who really? Are, are very, very uh, big on their work. I think they're really, really good. She didn't like she it. She said that Gordon Green and Kenny Powers have uh, <laughs> are obviously fans and have nailed the look and everything, but she felt it was a little bit directionless. Really? That was the last review I read before I came here. Everything else has just been raving about yeah. it. So yeah, I, I, was kind of, I looked at that and I thought, oh, well, that's a Most bit of it. the reviews I read only sort of been... mentioned the issue of a subplot involving a sort of a Dr. Loomis-type character yeah. that they felt just did not work in any way. Yep. But other than that, they said that just really well done. Yeah. Which I was, uh, as I said, that was the last review. I just I read that just before I came over here, so that was fresh in the mind. But aside from that, I've seen probably ten that have just yeah. absolutely gone yeah. shit over it. Which Eight, is, eights, nines, yeah, stuff like that. That everyone's been really impressed with it. So hopefully that's that. Uh, are we are we going to experience a you know a burst of horror sequels now? I guarantee oh, so. you we will. Kenny Powers going to become <laughs> a new John Carpenter. Kenny Carpenter. Don't you go knocking Kenny Powers. <laughs> Shouldn't call it Kenny Bowers anyway. What? Kenny McBride. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Kenny McBride. 
So we will get to the Predator. Yes. And we will get it out as quick as we possibly can. If you want to get in contact with us, send us an email at thrillme at ionet.net.au. Like us on Facebook, Thrill Me Podcast Australia, at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com, or on Instagram at thrillmepodcast. Now, Instagram's going gangbusters. We've got a 1,000 followers. Where'd they come from? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my, our social media um, rep is handling all that <laughs> stuff, so no wonder we're getting people to follow us. <laughs> Make sure you rate and review us on iTunes and Podomatic as it helps to spread the word. Next episode, we will release the Meg. We will finally get down to it. We've, we've all watched it, so we will release it as the next episode after this one or, you know, with the Predator sort of sprinkled in there somewhere as well. So we'll have a few. We, might, we should have an extra episode for you in the next, over the next two weeks. But until then, take it easy, and we'll catch everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.